Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The score! This hour is being brought to you by the Chicago Golf Show. For tickets, visit chicagogolfshow.com. I'm the comeback, comeback, yeah. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. In the air to right field, Suzuki back at the track. This one is gone. Tim Anderson, first pitch hunting. I think you see the way I play. You know, I play to win, you know, every night. But yeah, man, I definitely want to win. You see those numbers up there? It's like the last one's 2005. You know, my goal, you know, the goal every year is to, you know, try to win a championship. That's no secret. Um, but we just got to continue to keep going and try to accomplish that. There hasn't been a playoff series one since 2005. So the White Sox are chasing a lot of history going into this season with what most people think is their real last year of a contention window. And we're probably being generous with that. There was some wasted time that they're still trying to get out from under. And that's the thing, Layla. By the way, it's Bernstein at Home Show. Dan is off today. He will be back tomorrow. Layla is here because it's Wednesday and she's here on Wednesday. But the the two of us are just kind of hanging out here with you until 2 o'clock. An extra day next week. Oh, you're here next week? Mm Mm-hmm. I think so. That February only has 28 days, correct? Yes. Yeah, so I think it's March next week. Is that how this works? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next week. All right, cool. I like that. That's a very, very good thing. Um, I was having a discussion with someone about Black History Month because, you know, people be mad and be like, oh, we only got 28 Shortest days. Shortest month. But th- like, that's not how – it's because Lincoln and Douglas's birthdays are in February and so – that's kind of how it came to be. And Douglas had a made up. He made up his birthday because he was born enslaved. And he's like, I think it's in February. So I think he chose Valentine's Day. Also, of course, two African-American ah, quarterbacks starting ah, against ah, each other in the Super Bowl for the first time. Fittingly, February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Here- that was so bad. It was just... So bad. He could have just said Black History Month. Like, he could have just been like, isn't this great during Black History Month? An achievement. Isn't it great 
Just period? Right, but if, if you wanted to tie everything in with the two black quarterbacks, you could just go, an achievement we've never <sighs> seen, and isn't it great that it happened during Black History Month? <laughs> You're per- on one today, Mike Rankin. That's I love it. I love it. Um, what were we talking about? The White Sox? Yeah, anti-hero and everything. Yeah. Because, you know, the chorus is, it's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. It would, It feels like the White Sox don't. Mm. I'm going to try to say some of this stuff without getting angry. How about we let other people say it for us? Like the White Sox. All right, let's do that. Tim Anderson is on the White Sox Talk podcast. Now, I have not listened to the entire episode yet. I was given a heads up on some of the content that might be on it. And we pulled a a portion of, if you're not subscribed to the White Sox Talk podcast, by the way, you should be. It's excellent. Yeah, it's really I'm good stuff. I'm not just saying that. Um, Chuck, here. our guy, Guff, like they do really good stuff on there. Tim Anderson spoke about some of the, the failures that the White Sox have had. And he also has a little bit of beef with Chuck about coverage. Take a listen. Yeah, you can say we just fell short. Um, you know, it's one of those seasons. You know, everybody have bad seasons. I mean, a bad day, <laughs> a bad year. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just one of those things that, you know, things weren't going the right way. Sometimes you got to see how bad you can get so you can see how good you can be. So the plan is, you know, we know not to, you know, do what we did last year. You know, there's a lot of room to grow. And, um, you know, just a lot of confusion. A lot of people pulling from, from different angles, you know, uh, not just in the clubhouse. You know, fans as well. Um, a little bit of everybody. So, uh, you know, the ultimate goal is to, you know, try to try to dumb that down and get it back on, you know, pulling from the same screen with everybody, including you. Including me. What do you mean including me? Including you. What are you trying to say? I ain't got to say it. You know what? I, I, well, <laughs> that, that I was questioning why you guys couldn't win? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, if you're a part of this and you're like, and you're like one of our supporters and you see somebody struggling, that's like, you know, that's kind of like, uh, you know, if you see your wife struggling, you're going to pat her on the back, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of one of those things. We're on the same umbrella. I think we should all be pulling from the same screen and not tearing each other down um, and not tearing players down. Or, you know, we don't tear you down. So yeah. I think it's just one of those things. We've got to support each other. We support you. We make ourselves access to you, yeah. you know, when you want to talk to us. So it's just kind of one of those things that we all got to be, you know, be on a positive screen and pull from the same screen. That we can be better as a whole. Was I tearing you down? No, you weren't tearing me down. You just making, you was causing a lot of confusion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, I was causing, I was, <laughs> listen, to after a, a lot. I mean, but you got to think about it. The fans listen to you. Yeah. Right. You're right. talking. We don't talk. We just play. <laughs> you, no, you talk. You can talk. We don't, we don't talk, though. We're in the game zone. We don't talk. They're listening to you. Right. So if we're putting out positive energy, then positive energy is going to always yeah. follow us. You know what I'm saying? I tried. Yeah. I tried to be as positive season. as I could. Okay. It's a rough season. It's okay. <laughs> we understand. You know, but, but ultimately, goal, man, is to, you know, just continue to go out and, and play hard and, uh, you know, really see what happens. Uh, we've got a lot of room to grow. We got a great ball club, a lot of energy. So, I mean, we can sit here and talk about the same thing. I continue to keep telling you the same thing that I said last year and the year before and the year before. But, yeah, man, go out and just play hard. Yeah. See what happens, you know. I think we should talk about Tim Anderson all spring. Does that sound better? That's good. That's positive. <laughs> That's good. That's better. We're talking in-house. <laughs> well, I will watch what I say on the shows this year. If, if I 
upset you in any way. I don't think I upset you. I think no, I just was speaking too much to truth. You never get to me. You never get to me. Um, and it's cool to speak the truth. You know, it's cool. Yeah. You know, uh, but just not speaking for me. I'm speaking for a whole. You know, yeah. I ain't the only one on the team. You never know who, who you may get to, you yeah. know. Yeah. No, so. I, I'm aware of that. Yeah. I'm aware the lights are on me. Yeah. I'm aware that that show yeah. might be seen in the clubhouse. That's what I'm saying. And then you roll in and you want to talk to guys and then guys may be rude because they see you on, they see, right, for real. That's no, the I, truth. Yeah, yeah. No one is really rude to me, actually. Okay. Well, I mean, some, some people may make it hard for you to have access to them. Yeah, man. yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, I know. I yeah, know. so. This is the tightrope that I walk. That's what I'm saying. So yes. sometimes you got to be careful. I, I'm well aware of that. <laughs> I'm well aware of that. You guys got to be careful. You got to win more games, make my job easier. That's the plan. That's the goal. Then we all be pulling from the same screen. For real. That is on the latest episode of the White Sox Talk podcast. There's a very interesting turn of a phrase inside that two minutes that we heard, too, that I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. An interesting choice. Layla, what's your reaction to that? Yes, Lawrence, I agree. Uh, I, I appreciate Chuck being authentic to Chuck. In that moment. Like, I understand why he's saying what he's saying. I also understand why Tim Anderson told Chuck what he thought. Because that lets you know how Tim Anderson views the pre- and post-game show. I can confirm that they watch the post-game show in the clubhouse after the games. And it goes back to a little bit of what we were saying during transition with Mully and Haw. That that is the shoulder programming around the game. That is the official pre- and post-game show. It is a hard line to walk. And I think... Tim thinks he's coming from an honest place and being like, hey, you're one of us. You're supposed to be with us. And Chuck is like, well, I'm speaking, you know, I'm speaking from an honest place. And I think it wouldn't serve anybody to start a fight in that discussion. And I think Tim is correct in that access does get limited when you don't want to talk to somebody. But the elephant in the room here is, no, you do not speak during the game. You speak with your production. It was a disappointing season for everyone. Including TA. And we all want the same things out of this team. That's right. And that is something that I think can always be repeated. We all want the same thing. It's just a matter of how to get there. Are you willing to look in the mirror and say that you did everything you could last season? I'm not talking about damaging yourself and playing through injuries that you shouldn't have played through. But are you willing to say, honestly, that you did what you could? Because I know Chuck does his job day in and day out when it's hard and when it's, when it's easy. And I would hope that in, in that space, Tim is also doing the same. I appreciate him for speaking and letting you know where he's coming from. I always appreciate the answers. But... You are the shortstop, and you are the face of that franchise. And when they say change the game, they mean you. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of feelings about this. First of all, and this is, you know, I, I occasionally fill in, and last year I did, on White Sox pre and post. And I get that my role here is very different from my role there. Basically, the role of that job is to play traffic cop. You have an expert. You get in and out of segments. You preview the game. For pre, you break down what happened in the game in post. Not a lot of opinions necessarily need to be given, but that's someone who's filling in one time every month and a half. I was going to say, I didn't, I, I was pretty, I was, we talked about our opinions. When the you're there every day. Right. And you're there with Ozzie Guillen every day. 
it's another opportunity to lay up for the expert to give their opinion. And if you remember, T.A. had a problem with Ozzy last year, too, at the beginning of the year because Ozzy was telling truths. That's one of the things that bothers me. If, if you're... If you want to be mad at the media for what they say about you, at least be mad for what you can prove to be falsehoods. Not us getting it exactly right. Like us knowing that the Larusa hire was a disaster from the moment that it started. And it's not our job to defend it, nor is it theirs. And I will say this, Chuck, Chuck, lasted longer than anyone in Chicago media with last year's White Sox team. And I know that from conversations that I had with him in the newsroom where I was like, I remember I was in there one day doing something and it was during that awful Colorado series. I think that that was the series where was it TA that got picked off at third. And I, and I remember Chuck and I talking and I was like, this team ain't got it fam. He's like, no, you know, they, here's the rest of their schedule. You know, they'll pick up the, the wins here, here, and here, and blah, 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 blah. No one stayed with them longer than Chuck did. And fans knew that, too. Another thing that's, there's a couple ways that you can handle this, handle this type of thing. I wish for T.A. he would have taken door number one. And door number one is... You agree to do an interview with me, okay? But before we do the interview, you say, look, man, there's some stuff that you said last year I didn't appreciate. This, 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 and this. The two of you can have the conversation. Once you have the conversation and you know where he's coming from and I know where you're coming from, now I'm going to hit record and we can do the interview. Yep. TA chose to do it. And this isn't live. Like, this is a recorded interview. He didn't have to choose to do it this way, but he did. I don't think that that served him. Now, again, maybe, as Doug Buffon would say, maybe I'm the one that's taking stupid pills. I don't think that that served T.A. at all. He's had an interesting relationship with NBC Sports Chicago in that there have been times where he's made other mistakes, where he's had two errors in a game or something mm-hmm. like that. And he'll retweet White Sox talk and say, that's on me. I got to be better. Like, he will be active in that social media space or that other space. Oh. And I think that that's, I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I'm trying to interpret his behavior with his behavior. Well, I, I know that there, there's been some unfollowing by T.A. of NBC Sports Chicago on Twitter and Instagram and personalities over there because mm-hmm. that's one of the ways that younger people often will you know show their displeasure with stuff. So there's a part of me it's like I get it. It it kind of felt like a reverse gotcha moment where he could be like, well, now I've got you on the record during this, and I can tell you what I didn't like about it. Now we have to kind of discuss like the relationship between the rights holder and the team. And it's a delicate one, especially when you have an owner that watches as intensely as Jerry Reinsdorf watches White Sox games. He's always watching and always critiquing too. Yeah, but 
having worked for multiple regional sports networks in my career, I feel like Chicago is a place where the expectation is to be fair and you have a much shorter leash in other places. Does that make this this incident right here any softer to take or any less jarring? No. But when it comes to that space, I feel like they've been fair. Let's keep talking about this. We'll take a 3-1 slider away, throw to third. Out. Garcia off of third base, and the Sox don't have a challenge. Even if he had gotten back, he is out anyway. Why are he you- wasn't close to getting back. That is a very bad base running play, and it's out of the inning. It was Leori, not T.A. Good right. times. So, so nobody should be getting picked off third. Never. First of all, how'd you get to third? Because oh, they added singles. The singles. So, so that like after that play, I like I was talking to Chuck and I was like, "Come on, man, you." Still-. And Chuck was like, "No, nah, don't worry about it. They're gonna figure it out." And then they never did. Ouch. Oswaldo. He ain't, he ain't put up with that. He's just the best. Why do you think people are sticking around to watch your post game? They're sticking around for 13. That's the reason. They don't care about the highlights. They want Ozzy to break it down. They want Ozzy to go on the couch with Dr. Chuck. And well, at one point, Dr. Ozzy had to put Chuck on the couch. It's, it was a season of ups and downs. All right, we need to take a break. We'll keep discussing this on the other side. It's Lawrence and Layla on the Bernstein and Home Show, 10 to 2 here on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2. On Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I can't even do it. I can't even do the rest of the lyrics. I'm just thinking about them to myself angrily. I mean, there's a lot when it comes to the White Sox, though, that you do that gives you a reason to be angry. And I'll just say that it feels like to me that the White Sox have decided that they're going to do an us against the world. Like I heard Gavin Sheets last week kind of talking a little, a little bit about it. Obviously, the Mike Clevenger stuff 
And then when you get some of the behind the scenes things that are happening with the White Sox, you go, oh, that's so that's 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 you guys' move. You guys' move is to acknowledge publicly that you messed up, but then you want like some sort of credit and you don't want to take responsibility. And that responsibility lies in you being ridiculed for some of the mistakes that you've made. The Guardians mocked you in their clubhouse openly. Yep. And with joy whenever they won the division that you thought you were going to win. Instead, you didn't even make the playoffs. You finished 500. You finished the You matched games back. the career existence record of your team. <laughs> and what worries me is circling the wagons almost ensures that this gets worse before it gets mm-hmm. better. You're still in a protect mode because you, and I say you, as a term that it means multiple people here, had to protect somebody who you, who you didn't choose to head things. And you responded in a way that makes sense, given the decisions that were made, especially during games at times. It feels as if that vibe still lingers. Yes, and that is why it is so dangerous, and we bring it up, because the fish rots from the head, and if there's still live flesh that is in danger of rotting, we're going to see it. it when it comes to their... This is the opposite of weights and fish, for the record. The exact opposite. When it comes there is to no winning here. Their outward strategy, when it comes to promotion of their team... I feel it's so backwards. And if if they spent more time talking to the people that cover them instead of talking down to or threatening people that cover them, they would find out some of the reasons why they're covered the way that they're covered. Or just listen to some of the players in your clubhouse, like Lance Lynn, who told me personally, bottom line, we didn't play well enough. Listen to him. Listen to Liam Hendricks, who's fighting for his life right now. Mm -hmm. And also saying we didn't meet expectations. Right. But they... It's like they still organizationally haven't figured out that they've got to prove it. Nothing is... Nothing is entitled. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is owed to them. And you should have learned that last year. It's so upsetting. Like it's, I mean, I'll just tell you that there are things that I'm not going to say on the air that I know. And, and, and so I'm fighting some of that in, in discussing it. And it just, instead of, picking up the phone or choosing to send an accusatory text to people just once, once actually talk to the people that cover you. Like we're actual people to understand how they're being perceived and 
what the feeling is for the for the White Sox as an organization right now. There are a lot of White Sox fans who are fighting through their disdain for the way that this organization has conducted themselves over the last two and a half years because there's a part of them that still loves something about the White Sox. And they're hanging on, like for people like me, Elvis Andrews, love that signing. Just a little bit of glimmer. But you follow up the Elvis Andrews signing with an opportunity with one of your biggest names and faces to speak through one of the biggest apparatuses or apparati, apparatuses? Devices. Devices, thank you for clearing that up for me. That you as the White Sox have to get your thoughts and feelings out to the public. The White Sox Talk podcast does very well. It is downloaded quite a bit. It is a way that people get information about your team. And you have one of the stars on the team, on the podcast, talking to the guy that out of everyone who covers the White Sox was the last person to jump off the ship. The very last. The very last person to jump off the ship. And he was justified doing it way earlier. But what you have is that guy being criticized. And if that's the criticism for that guy, what does that mean for everyone else? You look at what Gavin Sheets said last week, who I thought was one of the the more, um, we interviewed him twice on Bernstein and Holmes. We enjoyed talking to him, and he, at least at the time, seemed to understood, understand exactly why people felt the way that they felt about the White Sox. It's like what you're saying, Layla, with Lance Lynn. Where you you underachieved, and so obviously people are going to be upset. T.A. himself would own up to it. What's your strategy here? Because this would be another question that I have about the way that the White Sox are structured. Are you sitting down, if you know that T.A. is going to sit down with Chuck, do you talk to him beforehand and say, hey, Let's make sure that we're we're talking about all the great additions that we've made, that how we're we're going to come back, how healthy you are, all of those things, how excited you are for the WBC. This was your not your new manager. Your the new guy that's in charge and how he's going to change things and how you've connected with him. This was not the time to settle scores. And they, they Chuck Garfine has been doing his job. It just it just seems it's so unnecessary. This texter says, guys, you're beating a dead horse day after day, compulsive negativity. I wouldn't want to speak to you guys either. I And why are you texting us? You literally are trying to speak to us right now. Um I'm okay with We're, that. This is called accountability. I, I'm all right with those guys not speaking to me. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, it's not called show friends. It's called show business. What I'm what I'm trying to get across to them through the airwaves is that there's a better way to do it. And lately, with the White Sox on all levels, there's been a choice. 
the better way to do it or the White Sox way to do it? And the White Sox way to do it has been bad. Hey, you guys probably shouldn't hire Tony LaRussa. Nope. We're going to do it the White Sox way. All right. That failed. Ooh, was it really a good idea to jump out and get Mike Clevenger? Well, that's the White Sox way. Wouldn't the better way have been to wait to see what the market was instead of you setting the market? Well, we'll do it the White Sox way, and we'll just worry about the consequences of it afterwards instead of doing the due diligence before? That would have been the better way to do it. And now, what seemingly is their strategy with dealing with the media in town. And remember, it wasn't just the media that Tim Anderson was talking about. He was talking about fans, too. He did mention fans. He did. You have a choice. You can do it the better way or the White Sox way. And again, they chose to do it the White Sox way. And it's so disappointing because it's not like the better way is that arduous of a path. It doesn't take much to throughout your camp. If what you're trying to do is be positive and bring forth positivity, if if you believe in manifesting that with good vibes and all of that stuff, it doesn't take much to try and set that tone. But it's clear that the tone that's been set at Camelback Ranch has been us against them. And that's fine if you win. And it's fine if you had a history of winning. You lost the division by 11 games last year to a team that did nothing at the trade deadline, who openly mocked you in their clubhouse after they won the division who openly mocked the manager that you had to have step away from your team. If you want to blame us for that, fine. Fine. But there seems to not be a lot of mirrors over at 35th and Shields or at Camelback Ranch. A lot of windows, not a lot of mirrors for them. And it's it's just... I hate seeing the franchise that I love continue to make own goals. That's what they've been doing all winter. It's been own goal after own goal after own goal. It's like fans get excited when they hear Pedro Griffol and you go, hey, this this guy seems to get it. He was saying the same stuff. He, he called out the Sox yes. energy. He said, as an opponent who saw them on a regular basis, you could tell when they felt like playing. Correct. Correct. So you want to call out Chuck Garfine when he was giving you every chance to redeem yourself? Fans got excited when they heard Griffol. They didn't really know him, but they heard him, and they said, okay, yeah. Like He the, acknowledged what we saw. Right. We weren't blind to what we were seeing, but – you follow that up with the Mike Clevenger signing. And people like, even from a baseball standpoint, it was questionable. It's not just the Tommy John, it's the knee. There's all of that stuff. It's own goal after own goal after own goal. And we get get accused of having egos, and I admit to that. 
Like, I have an ego. I get that. There are people inside the White Sox organization whose egos have become outsized and become outsized for the job that they do. And they're worried about the wrong stuff. And they're trying to lean on people that they think they can pick on. And every time I see it, I go, is that the better way of doing things? Or is that the White Sox way of doing things? And I would ask this question of the people over at 35th and Shields. What is the White Sox way of doing things wrought? What has it gotten you? Where you want to fire off text messages at people and try to show that you're big and bad instead of having a conversation with folks. What has it gotten you? What's yelling at Chuck Garfine gotten you? I mean, come on. It's, an, it's a, another show of people not even understanding where their allies might be. And it's so disappointing because you have conversations with people and you go, oh, that person's smarter than this. And then it turns out they aren't. They aren't smarter than this. Well, and to me, the question becomes, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do when people give you chances and you finish the season at 81 and 81? Yep. What are we supposed to do about that? Not acknowledge that? Not acknowledge the, the talent that you put forth? And that the the team that you signed and that how you guys wanted playoffs or bust? Do you want us to pretend like that wasn't put out there? You make the point that your team, your new manager makes the point that your team could probably benefit from high IQ or, or an IQ raising of your team. And then until yesterday, the three guys with the highest IQs on your team aren't on the team. The, the cost of Rick Hahn putting his plan into place and trying to see it out through was losing Jose Abreu. And the better way versus the White Sox way. We found out the night of his last game that that was his last game as a White Sox, even though there was a... Another game the next day. Well, we found out that that was his last game for the season. For the White Sox. Correct. You know, right? And the better way would have been either to tell people that it was his last game so they could come out to the ballpark or, you know what we're going to do tomorrow? We're going to announce Jose. We're going to run him out to first base. And then we're going to replace him. That's all they had to do. That is really all they had to do. Mike, think, that think, would have been the better way. Think about, think about what John Lester did when he had a press conference. And it was the day before his last start just of the season. And he's like, guys, if this is it, I have some things that I want to say. The White Sox way to do it was to fumble all over it so badly that Jose himself had to fall on the grenade. And go, no, 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 guys, this was my choice. This was my choice. No, I told him I wanted to sit and watch the game from the managerial standpoint. A texter says, Lawrence. Do you think he's going to be doing that on March 31st? I do not. I don't think I think so he's going to be hitting the ball real hard someplace. A texter says, Lawrence, you've been making this argument for two and a half years. They are what they are. You're right. 
it just makes me sad. There is an anger because some of it is very personal. Um, that's the stuff I won't say, but it's sad. And it doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't. And they keep choosing for it to be this way. And it's extremely disappointing. I'm sorry, Layla. I feel like I took over that segment. Uh, I have a feeling that those those emotions are not going to just dissipate once the season begins. And we're going to be here for a while. Better start winning. But that's it. If you're us against them, you better come out like a house on fire. If that's the game that we're playing now, White Sox, against good the, luck to you. The world champions who showed you exactly where you needed to improve Over in the, the first playoff 20 series games. that you last had. I hope that you fixed all your problems. I hope that you don't have any injuries that linger. I hope that you figured out how to properly use Eloy Jimenez. I hope that everything goes well for you. If that's the game that we're playing now, if it's really you against us, I hope you do well. Back after this on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Mike, I already told you I can't play this part of it. This part. I can play. Don't you shake your head at me, Shane. I can 100% play this part if I ain't mad at you. You should be looking at me. I'll come over there and give you a tattoo. (laughs) You had a different... Layla's here, by the way. Dan is off. He will be back tomorrow. You had a different thought on this situation with the 14 teams that would be affected by Diamond Sports filing for bankruptcy, which most people think is going to happen around March 15th. Yeah. Your your thoughts on it are different than mine. Yes, because I worked at a regional sports network that filed for bankruptcy. I didn't stay in that place. That's, That's one thing that happened to me and 92 other people. Triggered the WARN Act. I got fired via a fax machine like Back to the Future. And listen, all of this is public because it went to bankruptcy court. So you get to hear all about it. Um, Yeah, they that's how they, I guess, notified. They sent it to my dad's house for some reason. My dad's like, hey, I got a fax that they're nullifying your contract. I'm like, is this Back to the Future 2? Did I just get filed or did I just get fired via the fax machine? I'm like... Am I supposed to be upset right now? Because it's pretty funny. It's kind I mean, of hilarious if it's not happening it to you. Yeah, it was not a fun time. But at least at least I could say that I had something in common with Back to the Future, too. I found it interesting that Rob Manfred said on the record, you could tell that he was, uh, they want to do something about the Black Outlaws. And that is something that has been reflective of Major League Baseball fans for a long time. You think that this, if they end up having to break their contract with Diamond, it opens up some of those loopholes in the blackout restrictions? Because like our friends in Iowa, they, they get absolutely burnt by this. They can't watch Cubs games. They can't watch Twins games. They can't watch Royals games. They can't, in some cases, watch White Sox games. Correct. It's very, very messed up. 
And I, I think about how it's benefited, the lack thereof has benefited so many other sports and how you're able to watch teams and have plans more easily and the celebration of, of the sports that happens. And so to me, this is bad. Something needs to change clearly. The background here is that Sinclair bought at a terrible time. Nobody saw the pandemic coming like that. And I mean, they gobbled up the RSNs. They gobbled them up. Well, Fox Sports previously had the most teams. Like, that's been well known. But if somehow this were to change, because the concept is perhaps that the rights would go back under the Major League Baseball umbrella for these Bally Regionals, and that therefore MLB would distribute them differently, perhaps direct to consumer, that might change the blackout laws. So there's something to keep an eye on, but there's still enough other regional operators to where they might have a different discussion. Additionally, something that people don't always know is when these rights deals get announced, they're all different. The Phillies have a different stake in NBC Sports Philadelphia compared to the Padres of Fox Sports San Diego compared to, say, what happens here with Sinclair or, in this case, you've got Marquee and NBC Sports Chicago. So all of oh, those and, are... And by the way, very important to note, even with this, the two teams in Chicago will not be affected. NBC Sports Chicago is not one of these. And even though Marquee is connected with Sinclair through a distribution deal, they're very solvent. So there's not going to be any disruption in the broadcast for Cubs nor White Sox games. Tom Ricketts came out, Megan Montemurro wrote an article in the uh, Chicago Tribune talking about how he felt like they were in a, an okay place. And so for him to say that, that is significant when it comes to this information. This isn't something to cheer on just in general, because guess where your teams are getting your money to sign people typically? Television contracts. Out of those budgets. So that's it, it's not good for the business in general. But if they go direct to consumer, how that affects the blackout laws is what I'm trying to figure out out of this. Because Manfred almost made it sound like that would change. And so that's what I want to see if, if it gets to that point. But this is going to take a long time. Anything that goes to the courts that is this big, it takes a long time. I know from personal experience... And additionally, sometimes these bankruptcies happen, and people with real jobs know this better than I do, to restructure deals. Mm -hmm. So that might be a worst-case scenario for Major League Baseball if, if that were to happen. And keep in mind, a lot of these regional networks don't just have baseball teams. They have hockey teams. They and have basketball that's teams. That's right. So Manfred at least spoke out about it publicly. He also spoke out where, once again, I'm asking... Who do you represent when he talked about the solvency of the Padres being able to sign players to the budget that they had? That's one of your owners mm -hmm. spending money to compete in one of the most competitive divisions in baseball against one of the biggest markets in baseball. Well, Layla, and you're criticizing the process the, the reason to give for that. players money and the owner wants to do what they want to do. There's a contingent of owners 
one of them being the owner of the White Sox, that's not very happy about what the Padres are doing and damn sure is not happy about what the Mets are doing. Jerry really stepped up. It's not just those two teams. The Giants have offered large money contracts. We've seen the Cubs ante up for Dansby Swanson. Mm -hmm. We saw what the Angels did. The Rangers. Owners who are balling on a budget don't like it. And there's a lot of them. The Yankees have been doing it. The Dodgers have been doing it. Mm -hmm. It's not just an outlier here or there. I I agree with you. The the economics say this is how you're going to try and the, your best way to build to win. But, but why is Rob Manfred calling out San Diego for trying to win, which is what the I, goal of a competitive I'm team is trying you, to do? Their owners, owners that have their thumbs on Manfred is they don't like where this is going. And by the way, that team is part of this Bally issue. Yes, they are. And once again, it depends on what the setup is as to how this would happen. Our friend Marshall Harris has been out in the desert for the last week and a half. He's back. He's got thoughts on the White Sox and Cubs. We'll talk with him next on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.